to Wallowing in the Shallows, the podcast that skirts the perilous drop-off of a deep dive into television and movies. We are academic nerds aspiring to become TV and movie geeks. There are no spoiler guards in the shallows, so listen at your own risk. This week, join us for a wallow in a Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 1 rewatch. Hey, hello, peeps, and welcome to Wallowing in the Shallows. This is Tori. And this is Rebecca. And we're talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 1, Episode 12, Prophecy Girl. The season finale! Big one. Big one. Have you got a summary for us? I have a summary. Excellent. Okay. In the Season 1 finale, Buffy finally goes up against the Master. Many portents lead up to the battle between good and evil, from earthquakes to cats giving birth to snakes, and a baby born with his eyes backwards. We find the apocalypse is seriously nigh. Sunnydale students are getting ready for the spring fling dance. Cordelia, who seems to be in charge of the dance, has a new beau, Kevin. Xander uses Willow to practice asking Buffy on a date. Meanwhile, Giles is researching the prophecy, while Buffy wonders why the vamp activity is ramped up. Xander is crushed when Buffy turns down his invitation to the dance, saying she doesn't want to ruin their friendship, and she doesn't feel that way about him. Computer teacher extraordinaire Miss Calendar returns, questioning Giles about what is going on after she pieces it together that the apocalypse is near. Giles asks her to contact Brother Luca, who evidently was sending out worldwide bulletins about the apocalypse. We soon find out from Giles, an angel, that the prophecy claims Buffy will fight the master and will die. Buffy overhears this and in a heart-wrenching scene resigns from Slayerhood because she is only 16 and doesn't want to die. The next morning, Cordelia and Willow find several students slaughtered in the student lounge. When Buffy finds out and sees how scared Willow is, she accepts that she has to fight the master. She heads back to the library to consult Giles, where we learn the anointed one is a child and will lead Buffy to the master. Although technically we already know that she learned that the anointed one is a child. This occurs and the master bites and kills Buffy in his lair, opening the hellmouth. A strange-looking beastie bursts through the library floor where Giles, Mrs. C, Willow, and Cordelia are holding off a horde of vampires who are trying to bust into the library. Xander and Angel find Buffy. She is revived by Xander and then the three head off to fight the master. Buffy finds the master on the roof of the school, watching the hell beastie wreak havoc in the library. They fight and Buffy tosses the master through the skylight and into the library where he is impaled on a wooden spike created from the wreckage of the Battle of Sunnydale Library. Hoisted on one's own petard has never been so true. The episode ends with the master dead and the gang heading to the bronze to party at the spring fling. And we're done. Excellent summary. Thank you. Yes. I did so call... we're here at the season finale. We are. We are. We are. And I, I just want to acknowledge, I do realize I... Um, made Ms. Calendar married. I called her Mrs. Calendar or Mrs. C. <laughs> I do know I she's not married. <laughs> yes, yes. Good catch. Good catch. <laughs> I like to call her Ms. Calendar. Ms. Calendar. That's usually what I call her. I don't know why I wrote Ms. C down in my summary. Threw me <laughs> off. Threw me off. Oh, so we open with Xander back after Buffy again. I'm getting tired of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's old after 12 episodes. Yes, hopefully, hopefully. I mean, Buffy was quite clear. So I hope this cuts it off, but we'll see. And he is so incredibly insensitive. 
he we already know that he knows willow really cares for him in a romantic way yes he's like can i practice asking another girl out who happens to be your best friend yes i practice on you i mean what the f i was really proud of her saying no i'm not going with you as your backup date oh yeah this is not cool yeah how you've treated me here i really loved that so good for willow for stepping up i agree 100 percent. because i could see willow saying okay yeah Mm -hmm. you know let's do Mm -hmm. that and so i'm just really glad she didn't very good well and we would kind of expect her to right because she's been so moon pie eyed moony eyed whatever that is about xander the whole freaking season why we would expect her to have gumption all of a sudden is kind of unexplainable yeah yeah now if this had happened after the scene in the student lounge because that's a significant moment in willow's life i could understand it but it's prior to that so right now can you elucidate the student lounge what which scene exactly are you referring to where they find all those kids slaughtered right okay very good just wanted to i thought that's what you were talking about but just to be really clear yeah yeah so yes there we've got the opening scene with the practicing the date and then we see buffy taking on more vampires and having some or maybe it was just one vampire but she is feeling like they are getting closer to the school, mm-hmm. more aggressive, mm-hmm. and it's something's going down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did like that scene, right, where Cordelia and Lynn, the leader, we find out his name is Kevin, are sitting in her car and the windows are all fogged up and outside Buffy is like wailing on that vampire. Yes. And I like how she took him out with like a one, two, three, and the third thing instead of another punch was a steak. One Got him. punch and a stake to the heart. Yes, yes. Even though Cordelia is not, I don't know, she borders on almost officially part of the gang in this mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. She's really always very close by to all of the activity. And that is highlighted here in her little makeout sesh and yes. Buffy right outside getting this vampire. Well, then later, you know, she says the vamps, she was just sitting there in her car. We can assume it was the exact same spot. Because she yeah. says that's where she and Kevin used to go park and vamps <laughs> came around, although she doesn't call them vamps. So yeah. something about that spot or something about Cordelia. Yes. Seems to attract the vampires. Yes. Then in this next scene, I was like, is this Giles's home the on a library? librarian salary? <laughs> but it's the library. There there were like these nice views in his little office and I'm I'm not sure he ever goes home. I think he lives in that library. <laughs> if he doesn't, it seems like uh, having a place to live is a waste of money. Because yeah. he's at the library all the time. Yeah, totally. And who knew the library had such a giant skylight? It Holy seems rather cow. impractical in Sunnydale to have a yeah. giant skylight where it's got to be sunny 364 days a year. <laughs> There are so many things that are impractical about the library. Let's not even get started. <laughs> yeah. So we have true. ourselves an earthquake. I do like the earthquake scene with the master. Yes. And, you know, he's like, Glory! Glory! 
What do you think? 5.1? Oh, but gosh, that's, that's my trivia question. Oh, was it? Yes. My trivia question was, what Richter scale value did the master estimate the earthquake? Oh, no, I ruined your trivia question. Well, I almost feel like we should get more points if we bring up the trivia question answer without it being asked. But... Yeah, it's, I'm fine with it. And I want that to stay because that was going to be my trivia question. And what I want to say is I think the master underestimated. I looked this up mm-hmm. and Richter scale values of 2.5 to 5.4, which would be the range mm-hmm. that he thought right. was felt, but only causes minor damage. Oh. And a 5.5 to a 6.0 is slight damage to buildings and other structures. Right. And I think that's the category it should have been in. Based on what we see at the library, I think I would agree with that. Exactly. So fun with the Richter scale. <laughs> <laughs> I have a weird little tidbit that I found out when I was reading some stuff in the original yes. script for the first episode. Whedon gave a name to the master, like a real name, Heinrich Joseph Nest. How interesting. I don't know what the motivation for that was or the, I cannot think today. I better have a sip of this wine I have sitting next to me. Might stimulate my brain a little bit more. (laughs) Hey, why didn't you tell me we were doing wine? (laughs) I was like... (laughs) I'm having some wine. It's that time of day. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. Next time, give me the heads up and I will join. (laughs) Inspiration, not motivation. Inspiration. I don't know what his inspiration was, but now I know what mine is. (laughs) It's a nice glass of California wine. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. So we've we've dug it we've done into the we've dug into the richter scale and the master's real name where do we want to head next well i think i have my next notes about the library with perfect buffy and giles coming in with um well i mean i i think it's kind of funny when buffy walks in and giles gives her kind of a weird look and he's looking pretty frazzled yes hair's a little mussy he doesn't even have on a tweed jacket and his mm-hmm. little vest is unbuttoned and his tie is loose. It's like, wow, Giles really is frazzled. But when he gives Buffy that weird look, she's like, do I have something on my face? I mean, that was kind of a very Cordelia-like comment. Yes. Again, doing a little bit of extra reading for this. And evidently, the dress that Sarah wears at the end of this for the for the dance and everything. Yes. She, she kept <laughs> And I guess she posted a picture of herself not too long ago on Instagram in that dress. So she can still wear it. Uh, I tried to find it, but wow, what a deep hole that was looking at SMG's Instagram posts. Wow. I was like, that, and I couldn't find it, by the way. But after about 10 minutes, I was like, you know what? You got to get off of Instagram here, girl. (laughs) Well, she is 5'4". Okay. So... I still wouldn't call 5'4 tiny. But that's, I think, how tall my mom was as she got older, right? Because she star- as we all do, we start to shrink a little bit. Yeah. And I always felt like I was towering over her. And yeah, I'm 5'6", but- 5'7". Five, five, yeah, might- but you're not, you're not short either. Mm-hmm. I can think of people we know 
who are more in the five two type yeah. height. Yeah. And I think they are tiny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not, not, not that came out wrong. <laughs> I I think they are petite statured women (laughs) tiny friends i some of whom may be listening they may be tiny but they be fierce there you go that's that's how i should have said it that's like a quote from some book or something it's a shakespeare quote oh okay Mm -hmm. see all of those uh plays we go see they sink in there they really do nicely done (laughs) okay Okay, let's get out of the hole here yeah, that we are in. Hole. Where to next? Let's see where to go next. So the next scene is, oh, the next scene is where Xander asks out Buffy. Ugh. And, you know, I thought Buffy handled this really well. I I'm too. sorry she even had to go through it. How does Xander not have this in his thick skull yet because he's a teenage boy i guess is my answer i guess but i really thought she was firm she didn't kind of leave him hanging or with hope he she just told the truth which i think i'm hoping he moves on from because i wish she wouldn't have even had to do it you think he would have got the message by now yes it's been a few months it really doesn't take it shouldn't take that long for you to know if somebody's interested or not this ticked me off there was a guy sitting there oh and he like ran that guy off i'm like xander you know what it's like to be bullied don't mm -hmm. be such a jerk go sit somewhere else yeah standing yeah i actually wrote down does xander really have the clout to tell a kid to leave yeah and that kid will it might have been more they were afraid of Buffy. <laughs> well, fair, but it kind of reminds me of there's always somebody else to pick on, mm-hmm. right? That that kind of bullying abuse can have this ladder effect and they go to them, they go to them, they go to them. Yeah. And so it was just kind of like, yeah, I don't know. I just didn't care for it. Right. And I thought it was really kind of low of Xander. I mean, Buffy was trying not, was trying to let him down easy, right? She wasn't being yes. nasty. Or anything like that. And he's like, I mean, I guess a guy's got to be undead to make time with you. And I was just like, oh, nice one, Xander. Yeah. And he does say something like, I don't take rejection well. You know, he So he tried to backpedal it a little bit, but agreed. Right. And right. she, didn't she even say, ouch, or that's harsh. Or that's harsh, like I think, that. yeah. yeah. Man. Yeah. Xander. Xander. <laughs> Did you notice that they put Xander and Buffy in similar colored clothes? It's very muted. I did not. Like beigey topes. Hmm. And no. I wondered if that was to set this kind of depressing scene or if it was just a fluke. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that's mm-hmm. all I have about that scene. Ditto. So excited to see Ms. Calendar show up again. <laughs> Hope she moves on to season two. Yes. Because loved seeing her again, mm-hmm. loved that she knows something is up. And once mm-hmm. again, I don't know what cred she needs to earn with Giles, but he's still not trusting her. I she know. comes with all of her chips on the table, right. trying to get to the bottom of all mm-hmm. of this. And he still plays it close to the vest. I don't see how I, I understood in the previous episode. But in this episode, it's like, come on, Giles. She is in the circle. 
Yeah, I was totally with her when she said, I helped you expel that demon out of the internet. Yeah. And I thought, she's right. Come on, Giles, get it together. Yeah. yeah. And I, d- like I did like her phrase when she said, I'm not stupid. This is apocalypse stuff. I'd throw in last night's earthquake and I'd say we've got a problem. I would say the end is pretty seriously nigh. Which is why I had to put it in the summary. I just love yes. that. Anytime you can use the word nigh. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I, my note here is calendar is worth trusting. Don't be such an ass to Giles. Yeah. She's looking good in that scene too. I know I've said it before. She's a beautiful woman. Roby Elamort yes. is the actress yes. that plays her. So Giles, come on. Yeah. Boys. <laughs> including middle-aged men yeah (laughs) did you i don't think we've talked about this but do you remember anthony stewart head in those coffee commercials Hmm. no he was actually really famous from that i mean women were just kind of going wild over him because of this coffee commercial really i'll have to youtube that yeah i don't it's got to be on there i mean there's all sorts of old commercials on there Oh my gosh, I have found every commercial I've ever looked for. <laughs> I can't believe stuff that is up there. And just like, who digitized all this? But yes, I'm sure it can be found. It's got to be there. Must yeah. be. I don't remember which brand of coffee it was, but I mean, women were just going wild over him. Wow. And I didn't really understand it. <laughs> not that he's mm. unattractive at all. That's not what I'm trying to say. Just, he doesn't float my boat. Not my type. Gotcha. I would need to meet him in person. (laughs) I'm not ruling him out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. Anything else in the library? Let's see. No. I mean, he was kind of snippy with Ms. Calendar. Yeah. He was terrible. And I thought she, she was much nicer about it than I would have been. I think she just kind of takes it in stride and, you know, gets ready to leave. And I was thinking. I I think she gets him. I just think she gets him. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty obvious the man is totally frazzled. I just keep using that word, but it seems quite appropriate. And he's super stressed and you can tell he's got high anxiety. He's frazzled. So I guess maybe she's cutting him some slack because she knows the apocalypse is seriously nigh. (laughs) Yes. I'm just going to say that as often as I can. Good. Good. So I have... A note that says, your concession speech, Xander, you are dramatic. Did he say something about a concession speech? He must have. Was it when he was talking to Willow in the class? Exactly. Okay. Okay. That's right. Because I guess before that, Cordelia talks to Willow because she needs something. The AV help. Yeah. So I skipped over that. (laughs) Did you, though, I'm going to give you a true question. Oh, no. I've got nothing written down in this part. I'm going to have to go off memory, which is not good. Okay, go for it. So this is when Cordelia is talking with her new boy toy. Kevin. And talking about, you know, getting ready for the dance. And she references a girl from the first episode who we have not seen since. That'll give you a hint. Can you give me that girl's name? A few moments later. Oh my gosh. I can barely remember the first episode. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you another hint. We spent quite a bit of our time. You brought it up about the unusual names. 
Oh, Aura. Yes. Nice. The screamer. Okay. Yes. You gave me you gave me lots of hints. <laughs> so at most I get a quarter to a half a point. But <laughs> I did successfully come up with it, which is a feat <laughs> and deserves some modicum of credit. <laughs> I was thinking that perhaps we should start playing for charcuterie to go with all the wine we have to drink from our Ooh. Napa trip. <laughs> well, I love that idea. <laughs> I think I'm going to owe a quite quite a debt of, <laughs> of a barico sausage or whatever, a barico <laughs> ham. Anyway, prosciutto more like. Mm. But yes, I absolutely remember her. And I remember, yeah, hey. And the other one was like Aphrodite or something. No, no, no. Anyway, it's good you asked about Aura. And I remembered that it was Aura who was mentioned in mm -hmm. this. But yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the names are wild, man. Mm -hmm. for, okay. for some of the girls, we're getting some Mitch, Kevin <laughs> names yeah. for the boys. So they're not quite as unique. That's true. We, but we do have Xander. We occasionally get an interesting guy's name. But Ahmed. yes, I think it is. I think it is more prevalent with the girls. Yeah. Aphrodisia. Aphrodisia was the yes. other one. Not yeah. Aphrodite, but I was close. You were close. I was, I was, my brain was working on it. Props for that. I couldn't remember her name and nor did I take the time to go back and look at my notes because I know it's in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I just, just so you know, I did not change the page of my book. I did not look back. That nice. is, we can only look and I, I feel like we can look in the current our current episodes notes for trivia questions, mm -hmm. but I don't think we should be able to look back with without without disclosing it. Yes. We can maybe make a note. You, we can yeah. say I'm gonna go back and look because I know I have it or something. Because I could see that happening. Right. I did not have to go back and look at for Aura's name. I remembered that one. Nice. Nice. But yeah, well, let's just talk about Willow. Uh, yeah, I mean that's good recall. Well, thank you. Thank you. And Better than the, the usual. The processes of the processes of <laughs> the process of us chatting gave you some time for those exactly. brain cells to kick in and say, what is that? What is that? Go through the file cabinet, mm -hmm. you know, pick out the right file and mm -hmm. pick up aphrodisia as well. <laughs> Very nice. But let's talk about Willow and Xander. I think we might have already mentioned it a little bit. Yes. When Will what when Willow when Xander said, Hey, why don't we go to the dance together? Mm -hmm. I guess I don't need to express my outrage twice, but well, maybe I do because I was just like, Dude, come on, yeah, you go, girl, preach. <laughs> and uh, as you mentioned, I was so happy when Willow said no, and he yes. looked so shocked. It's like, Get your brain cells working, Xander. And, you know, think about it. Why, why, why are you shocked that she said no? And I feel like she verbalized it. Again, both of these women, young women mm -hmm. demonstrating incredibly high emotional intelligence mm -hmm. in how they are conveying their feelings to Xander. Yeah. And Xander continues to act like a two-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Very proud of Willow here. Yay, Willow. I so think this then is an important episode for Willow. Yeah, I she would does, concur. She does a lot of growth, I think, in this episode. 
That's excellent. It's good to see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then, then Xander's going to listen to country music, the music of pain. I did like that line. I thought that was funny. <laughs> and I do jumping ahead a little bit. I did like the scene, right? Where Willow calls him. He, we see him laying on his bed, listening to Patsy Cline, which I thought about making my trivia question, but I was like, that's too obvious. Oh my gosh. So I absolutely would have gotten that one right. <laughs> I do love Patsy Cline. He I made a good choice because mm-hmm. there's not a lot of country I like. Ditto. I like the old stuff like Patsy Klein, Johnny Cash, and yeah. and so forth. I'm not as keen on more modern Newer country. Stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just because my stepdad played that country music all the time. So we were just, it was just always around. He grew up with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then Buffy's just casually bringing a steak into the bathroom. Because <laughs> that's totally normal. Come on, put it in your pocket or your purse or something. She needs to make little inner pockets in all of her jackets for her steaks. Totally. Or a little thigh holster that's just for steaks. Yes, absolutely. Like on Alias, when Jennifer Garner like had guns in little mm-hmm. <laughs> places. Yeah, Buffy needs some of that. That's a show I never watched, and I don't know why. It's right oh, up my alley. Okay. You might have to watch that. I don't know if it's worth doing a podcast on. Let us right. know, gentle listener. But I would watch it again. Hmm. And I'm sure just like most television shows that I haven't seen for a while, it'd probably be almost like watching it for the first time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But back to Buffy. Yes, I'm so trying not to get on major tangents. <laughs> and yet we have done it. Not, And it's not just you. It's too hard not to. I just, this prophecy. Mm-hmm. I, how did they not see something like this coming? Because it seems like, tra- I mean, translations from ancient tongues mm-hmm. are always challenging. Mm-hmm. And, ah, uh, I just don't like that she went down to the lair herself, mm-hmm. and just everything about this just it it didn't surprise me when it ended up being that she needed to be down there in order for him to get out. Right? Why didn't we wait for him to get out before attacking him? Why didn't we wait on the other side of the little boundary and just be like, well, can you get out? Can you get out? Can you get out? I just, mm, it just (laughs) made me upset. And I hope Giles learns his lesson that when he's translating these things or reading these ancient texts, sometimes multiple interpretations are available. And how many extinct languages does the man know? Okay, so fair. I give him credit for this, but... (laughs) But I just don't, I just don't like how it went down. I think that, I'm sorry, when you were talking about standing outside the boundary, I got mm-hmm. this mental picture and I now I can't get it out of my head of Xander and Willow and everybody standing outside the boundary going, who's the master? Just waiting. Yeah. Well, focus. I think that would have been more appropriate. <laughs> All right, I'm going to get refocused. I'm getting centered. Okay. I did think that, and I, I've never noted, really kind of noticed this before, right? Because part of the prophecy is about the annoying one, the anointed one. 
Mm-hmm. Damien, aka Colin, and it says the Slayer will not know him. And what's what? the first thing she says? I know what you're here for. Right. So that's like a big old clue, right? That the prophecy is not going to be fulfilled because we've already subverted part of it. Yeah. And Colin's whole role in all this. Yeah. Complete letdown. Yeah. It seems like Angel knew where he was in the first place. So why did she need to be led by this little boy? It yeah. was just a complete, we thought this anointed one mm-hmm. and all this buildup. It sounds like I'm being critical of the episode. I did enjoy it. Oh, yeah. I Good There episode. were just pieces right. and Colin's piece is one of them that was disappointing. I just thought that would, that would have a bigger payoff. Yeah, there's this buildup, you know, early in the season. I mean, we've, yes, I don't know if. You know, they were getting flack because of this being a young child. And so they mm. really dialed back on it. That's the only thing I can think of. Because otherwise, it would have been much more fun to have the pork and beans guy be the anointed one. Right. 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 <laughs> Forgot all about pork and beans. Pork and beans. Mm-hmm. Pork and beans. So we have Buffy quit. And Sarah Michelle Geller does such an amazing job in she that sure does. scene. She blows it out the water. Agreed. Agreed. Similar to the dad nightmare scene. Yeah. I just thought her ability to be that 16-year-old and have that range of emotions mm-hmm. was really mm-hmm. superb. And I love that Buffy takes the Mickey out of both Giles and Angel. Yeah. It's like, yeah, girl, you go. Yeah. Well, I got another beef. <laughs> okay. I don't like, it It just seemed like in a couple of situations, and this was the most obvious to me, mm-hmm. Buffy's size or eating was referred to. And I just didn't like that Joyce was like, well, with how little you have been eating, we can afford it or something oh. like that. Hmm. And I'm just like, I, I... Obviously, Sarah, Sarah Michelle Geller is a beautiful woman, mm-hmm. and I just don't like when it's sort of like implied that part of the reason she looks the way she does is because she doesn't eat, you know, um, oh. or never touches her food. Or I just, I just don't think that's a healthy message to be putting out there. And so I didn't, I didn't care for that. I, and I thought it was completely unnecessary. And it sounds like you don't even kind of recall the line. So clearly it wasn't important. Oh, no, no, no. I recall the line. Oh, okay. It didn't hit me that way. Okay. Okay. I thought it was just Joyce kind of reflecting back Buffy's recent kind of anxiety Mm -hmm. and stress. That's the only thing. That was my interpretation of it. It could be something that I'm sensitive to picking up. Yeah. I I just didn't think it was super helpful and could be damaging i agree now that you've pointed it out it could be interpreted that way particularly by young viewers exactly yes that's really who i'm talking about Mm -hmm. somebody who's kind of like idolizing sarah michelle geller yeah which i think i'm sure happened oh yes wow you know yeah Yeah. i want to be her Mm -hmm. i wanted to be molly ringwald in the 80s (laughs) (laughs) 
She had a real run. She did. I like Molly Ringwald. Yeah. And I love, oh, that's jumping ahead. Molly okay. Ringwald comes back up in Buffy in future okay. seasons. Okay. Oh, I'll look forward to it. Yeah. You know, we're getting onto the scene. I almost asked you a trivia question from the next scene, right? We're back at the school. And this yes. is when Cordelia and Willow find the students. I, that was brutal, right? They really look like that was a brutal kind of yes. slaughter. Things are ripped this up. And, There's blood everywhere. And there was more blood than we have seen period full stop in this scene it wasn't like it was utterly macabre but just compared to the bar that the show has set right it was a it was significant right i mean they showed the tv with the blood running down. yes my trivia question was going to be what cartoon was playing porky pig was on tv i don't know if i don't know if that's a particular is it porky pig it actually was not they were pigs it was the three little pigs and it was oh my a Looney Tunes cartoon like a Merry Melodies from 1943 called Pigs in a Poke. Pigs oh in a polka. my gosh! Pigs in a Polka, excuse me. And That's I found cute. out it was a parody of a 1933 Disney Three Little Pigs cartoon and the 1940 Fantasia. Oh, because I did find that cartoon on the YouTube. Oh my gosh. Well, again, I got it wrong, but I think I should get, again, I know this one isn't the one, a little bit of credit for knowing they were pigs. I I did know it was more than one pig. So I was wondering, is it Porky Pig? But I didn't give it a whole lot of thought. So what I remember were two pigs dancing around. Maybe it was three, but I thought it was only two. (laughs) No, there's two that dance, but there is a third pig. Okay. Because it is about the big bad wolf and the three little pigs. Oh, and I, okay. I thought that was a really <gasps> what a good choice. choice right? Yes. So you seems like you just caught an epiphany there. Yes, I really did. And so I'm really glad you brought this forth because I didn't make any connection from mm-hmm. the cartoon to the mm-hmm. scene that was there with a predatory creature Mm -hmm. and the big bad wolf is absolutely a predator i so wished that i would have had to write a paper about it oh (laughs) it was like oh i could have so much fun with it talking about the symbolism oh that would have been fun but yeah that hit me when i was watching the cartoon i was like oh my gosh this is such a great would it be allegory or metaphor which one for the show itself right for Buffy and her friends and the master yeah uh, maybe an illusion mm-hmm. alluding to alluding to yeah 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 and another of Cordelia's boyfriends bites the dust <laughs> <laughs> yes just as I learned his name just as I learned that his name was Kevin he was found dead and and of course as Buffy alluded to in the beginning that they were getting braver and braver and getting closer and closer to campus. This was on school grounds, this massacre. Right. And what is Principal Snyder going to say about this? I can't believe he's not in this episode at all. He must have been on Deep Space Nine or something that week. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't get out of his Ferengi costume fast Exactly in this episode. Couldn't do it in time. But that does bring us up to what I think is like the most important scene 
in the entire okay. show. The whole okay. season, I would say, even. And Elaborate. that's when... Pardon me? Elaborate. Oh, this would be when Buffy and Willow are talking in Willow's room. Because yes. when Willow walks into that student lounge, her life is totally changed. Like She's totally lost her innocence now. Mm-hmm. And she's forced to grow up in a way that nobody should have be forced to grow up in that kind of way, right? Whenever you see that kind of traumatic violence, that changes you on a fundamental level. And then when she and Buffy are talking, Buffy fully accepts, I think, for the first time, her role as the Slayer. Wow. You know, there's there's, there's no doubt in her mind. She's like, this is what I must do. Yeah. Wow. No matter what the consequences. No matter the consequences. Do you think Willow picked up on the fact that Buffy was really kind of giving her a final goodbye? I didn't feel like she did. Mm. But I could be wrong. I could absolutely be wrong on that. Mm -hmm. I just feel like Willow was so wounded Mm -hmm. or traumatized, I think is the better word, Mm -hmm. that I'm not sure she did. Did you think she did? I was unsure, which is why I asked. Mm -hmm. I was like, Mm -hmm. maybe her expression suggests it. That maybe she was pondering it, mm-hmm. but I don't know if it, it like fully registered. Yeah. I just thought that scene was so important. I mean, I, like I said, I think it's the most important scene of the entire season. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I really like that you laid that all out. I went too deep. <laughs> no, you went, no, no, no. You went just deep enough. Just deep <laughs> enough. A little more than cursory. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And then we're back in the master's lair and he is uh, getting with his little Nosferatu hands. I thought, the, you know, the whole season, right, it's been, he's been very Nosferatu, but the way he's standing there oh, with his man. hands kind of splayed straight and he's real stiff, that's real, that 19, was it, 1930s Nosferatu? Yes. I was like, yes. he does that really well. Yes, I had not summoned that up in my mind, but mm-hmm. now that you say it, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, David Boreanaz or Angel throws a little Nosferatu pose out there, too, particularly with his hands. Because another kind of iconic image for me of that original Nosferatu is with his hands kind of crossed with one Mm. just kind of laying on top of the other. Mm -hmm. And David Boreanaz does that sometimes as Angel. Oh, I'll keep an eye out. We've got a Angel hands watch. (laughs) (laughs) Got to get that on the list. We're going to have to go back through... And listen to all these again and write down everything we say we're going to watch. I think I the think only we, one we've actually got back to was the cross on the chest. I think we should, though I have been keeping an eye out for the master's red nose as well. Oh, and did you find seen, it in this episode? Mm-hmm. No, hmm. I haven't seen it to the same degree hmm. as the one time it really struck me. He must have just had allergies that day. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so then where are we? In the library? Back to the library with uh, Jenny Callender and Giles. Yes, and Buffy really gives Giles a wallop. <laughs> yeah, that's at the end, but uh, yeah, he she really she really knocks him out. Yeah, and it's in this scene that Jenny finally asks the question that I'm like, why is nobody else asking this question? Is the where will the hell mouth open? Yes, and it seems as if the creature is the hell mouth. Didn't they refer to the creature as the Hellmouth? 
later when the creature breaks out and is slithering up through the library. Do they call? Do they refer to that as the Hellmouth, or is it? I mean, the creature itself. Or I thought just, so. Oh, I didn't catch that. If they did, oh my gosh. Well, we might have to go back because if you didn't catch that, then maybe I'm wrong. But I sure thought we'll see if it says it in my notes. But I sure th- thought they were referring to it as the Hellmouth. Oh, I thought they were just referring in general because I'm I'm not sure exactly the uh, the dialogue that you're referencing. Yeah. I thought they were just talking about it coming out of the Hellmouth. I don't know. Yeah, because so far it has really felt like the Hellmouth is a place. Mm-hmm. But living on the Hellmouth, we've heard that right. multiple times. Right. That could be the creature. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see if I've got anything more conclusive as we go. But that's how it's stuck in my head. Hmm. I'm trying not to say something about a future season. Oh, Okay. So I think I'll just, let's move on. So I don't blurt it out. Okay. Sounds good. I did look up that Bible verse because I wanted to see if they were correct or if they were stuff up, but they had it pretty correct. Okay. Definitely pieces of it sounded familiar, but there's no way I would have been able to give the chapter and verse. Yeah. I did have to, I wasn't sure what a fatling was. (laughs) Some kind of animal. Ready yeah, it's just a young slaughter. animal that's been fatted up for slaughter. I mean, I kind of okay. figured that's what it was, but I wanted to make sure because I was like, well, what if I'm wrong? And it's some weird, obscure, ancient reference. Glad you did. Glad you did. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was incredibly naive, but generous of Giles to think he's going to go up against the master. So Buffy yes. doesn't have to. Yes. But really, even that would have been better. Because the master sucking Giles's blood, I don't think would have gotten the master out. No, it wouldn't have. Those tricky Again, prophecies. Taunting him, taunting him from just beyond the barrier was the route they should have gone. Because <laughs> 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 frankly, Buffy did not put up much of a fight. No, she didn't. And that's the first time they kind of used that vampire hypnosis yes and i don't mean she didn't put up a fight just that he severely seemed to outclass her right well evidently he is the oldest vampire yeah on earth at the time yeah but if he's so strong that he can hypnotize a slayer but he couldn't get through the invisible barrier yeah and he's so strong that instead of completely turning to dust he leaves a skeleton (laughs) yeah something i noted toward the end but I getting getting ahead of ourselves i did too buffy's got her prom dress and her crossbow mm-hmm. now we just need creepy colin and then i said there he is there he is <laughs> oh that i just that character as i mentioned before just really went nowhere epic fail mm-hmm. because th- his introduction was kind of cool Mm-hmm. And we are thinking it's pork and beans and mm-hmm. there's all these adults and mm-hmm. then it's this kid. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was an excellent mm-hmm. sleight of hand. Mm-hmm. And so just unfortunate that didn't didn't have a better payoff. And you could well be right. They just did not want to evil, evilize <laughs> a real word, <laughs> evilize a child. Yeah. So, yeah. Did you catch xander's star trek next generation reference i did he referenced that was uh patrick stewart's role exactly Mm -hmm. yep picard's borg name lucretia locutus 
Locutus. 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 <laughs> you were on the right track. I don't know. It's close enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you notice when Damien, aka Colin, mm-hmm. says, Help me? He doesn't have that weird reverb on his voice I anymore. Sh- I sure did. I sure did. <laughs> I just love. I mean, there just was no. The kid didn't have to do anything. Yeah. Buffy just went up, held his hand, said, I know where you're, why you're here. Let's go. And then 10 minutes later, Angel leads Xander to the same exact place. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't Angel tell him, tell her earlier? I think you said that earlier. Yeah. I'm very, yeah. Uh, you know, again, there, I have, I have notes. Plot points. That is a scene though when Angel and Xander get there and. You know, oh, yeah. Buffy face down in the pond. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, I guess it's uh, not a pond. It's more like just a pool of stagnant water. Exactly. But before we get there, okay. Xander going to Angel for help. I said, it really is the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> I did like that. I did yeah. like that Xander realized Angel could be helpful. Mm-hmm. And well, then Xander really gave it to Angel. But anyway... This was this was good. I think I liked them teaming up to save Buffy. Really, yeah. yeah. I oh like how gosh. they basically kind of accuse each other of loving her. <laughs> yes, and here, here I say, is this Colin's entire role just leading her to his lair? Mm-hmm. I said anyone could have done that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any of these other vampires that have come out could mm-hmm. have followed him in. I mean, just mm-hmm. ridiculous. Yeah. It is, though, when, we, when Buffy's in the master's lair that we get one of the lines that I really enjoy from this particular episode. And it's, of course, from the master. Besides the 5.1 earthquake comment, yes. which I, I've always really liked. He's like, oh, good. The feeble banter portion of the fight. <laughs> yes. Yes. that They really do. I, I do think they do an excellent job demonstrating his power yeah. that he really doesn't break a sweat he really has such control mm-hmm. that think, apparently ahead. leaves him by the time he's at the surface because buffy <laughs> knocks him out pretty quick onto that stage <laughs> later but when he's in his lair uh he really seems to have the upper hand yeah he's a good first big bad yeah for the series and it has to be that it has to be this nosferatu type individual for mm-hmm. this show called Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Nothing else would have worked. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to say about that. I did love this idea of Angel can't administer CPR, even mm-hmm. though now CPR, you don't do the mouth to mouth. It's just the chest compressions. But in the mm-hmm. time, that was definitely how it was done. Yeah, And Angel literally has no breath. So he cannot yeah. administer the mouth to mouth. Yeah. I thought that David Boreanaz did it a nice job in that scene. He really does. Yeah. I don't oh, what's the word I want to use? He looks, you know, a little agonized because he can't save her. Yes. Because he is not human. Right. And he doesn't have any breath. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really liked this. And also. When she does regain consciousness, mm-hmm. did you notice some kind of either change in light or camera jump or something 
something just sort of seemed to happen. And then definitely we note that she is different now than she was before. But I thought there was some sort of cinematography that accompanied that. Did you catch any of that? I did not. I was so focused on thinking I really hate how they just had her (gasps) open her eyes really fast and I'm back. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure then. Well, now I want to go back and look at it again. (laughs) Yeah, I should have rewound it to try to to see what I was thinking, but it just kind of struck me. Well, I'll have to go back and look at it. Okay. Cordelia. (laughs) I thought it was hysterical when she drove the car into the school. I loved this. It just shows up out of nowhere. Get in. Yes. To save the day. Yes. I love it. I absolutely love it. I love that she's kind of in the gang. I just, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't help but think, what is Principal Snyder going to say when he sees oh, my gosh. the damage from both Cordelia's car and then, of course, with the Hellmouth opening in well, the library? I don't know how the building is not needing repair after the earthquake. Yeah, yeah. So... It starts right there. So that that school is on shaky ground, literally. (laughs) So is this this whole episode occur in like a 48-hour period or something like that? Just a couple days, two, three days most? I sure think so. Mm. Because at the beginning, I think Giles says, Buffy's got to face the master tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. And which was the night of the dance. Yeah. Thank you for that reminder. You bet. So this creature mm-hmm. my first reference to it is what is that snaky root thing <laughs> when its head came up mm-hmm. are you familiar with and i'm not exactly sure how to pronounce it i think it's skyla the monster in the odyssey mm. with all the heads no. there's these there's these pair of monsters in the odyssey mm-hmm. that when they try one of them like sucks in water and creates a whirlpool and so if a boat is trying to get around this whirlpool that leads them directly to skyla this sea creature with all these heads that can eat people and stuff and so i really felt like that monster was very skyla or skilla i think it's skyla uh skyla-esque so had a bit of an Odyssey throwback there with the <laughs> with the monster from below. No, I just got a little shop of horrors vibe from it. Seymour. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, that's funny that we both had some sort of connection. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand the giant plant in Little House of Horrors only has one head, but those three heads gave me that vibe. Yeah, and I think Skyla has more than three, Mm. but I don't know exactly how many. Hmm. And so is Buffy kind of a vampire now? Not maybe vampire, but what it reminded me of was like in the Harry Potter books Mm -hmm. that with that failed attack of Voldemort, Mm -hmm. he gave Harry some of his power. Oh. And... I feel like that is maybe even why she was able to overpower him now Hmm. because he had relinquished some or at least bequeathed or something 
some of his power to her. Hmm. I hadn't thought about that. I did recall, or it made me think more about near-death experiences that people have reported on, or they often oh. come back with new abilities. So I would okay. I would go that route, but okay. I did, but I do like that interpretation. I can I can see that too. I loved that Cordelia bit the vampire. <laughs> yeah, I did write that down too. <laughs> now I have said, okay, here is where I refer to it as Hellmouth. I said yucky, yucky Hellmouth in reference to the monster. Oh, interesting. I don't know. I just, I mean, I, I didn't think they called it anything. Just like a little. That's why I was calling it the the Hell Beastie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, well, I might have misheard. Yeah, I did read an interesting little bit of trivia about that monster mm-hmm. they didn't have money for cgi oh so they're gosh. actually people inside each of the there's like the three heads oh that's awesome necks, and there's people in each of those moving it that is awesome mm-hmm. yeah i have another line here giles is going for it with the Hellmouth. i'm really well maybe i just decided to name him the Hellmouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he does go after it with that axe Yes. It's a good thing Sunnydale High has lots of axes around. I'll tell you, they're everywhere. <laughs> that school is going to need to be, there is going to need some serious repairs. Yeah. Did you hear the master say, where are your jibes now? Oh. Or do you recall is it? Is that when he has her kind of with her back towards the, the gigantic uh, skylight? I can't even recall exactly when he said it. I was just so excited to see it. And I thought it was exactly the line from Hamlet from mm. the grave digger scene. Oh. But it's not exactly. It's not where are your jibes now. It's where be your jibes now. Oh. But it has to be. I mean, who used the word jibes, right? Right. So I I loved it. I loved that there was a little hamlet illusion there well the master would have been alive during the time you know that's right was writing that's right maybe he watched some plays maybe he was in some he was in the globe (laughs) there you go (laughs) i have a couple of problems with this whole scene yes one is and i know this is kind of an iconic line from buffy when the master says you're dead and she says i may be dead but i'm still pretty Mm-hmm. I don't like that line, and I've never I hate liked it. that line. I and hate other, it. And the other what's thing a, what's I, the point? What does that have to do with anything? Right, right. That's just well, I'm I'm not going to go there, but because yeah. I don't want to be nitpicky critical. But the, I do, <laughs> as she says, as she goes into the next thing, because I thought it was very tired use of the good versus evil trope, where good is wearing white. And evil oh. is wearing black. Hundred oh, percent. That's my and, criticism, I think. And good should be wearing more sensible shoes. <laughs> I did think that when she was going down into his lair, I was like, <laughs> I'd have been sliding down if I had heels on. Forget of it, man. Very elegantly yes. walking down with a crossbow in my hands. I probably would have stabbed myself on the damn crossbow as I slid down. Because I lost my footing in the heels. And that dress really inhibited her mobility. Because mm-hmm. how could she have done one of her ninja k- kicks? Mm. It was one of those kind of, 
it, it wasn't like it was totally form fitting all mm-hmm. the way down the legs, but it was a line. I, I don't know. Sheath dress. It was mm-hmm. not something that you'd be able to move your legs more than like two feet apart from one mm-hmm. another. Well, I don't know. I think I have to disagree with you on this one. Was I it a little it more was more flowy? like an empire dress, you know, because it was that little silvery, shiny band was kind of close to the bust and under the bust. And I thought it was very kind of loose and flowy. So she would be able to fight in it. Okay. Kind of a floaty dress. All right. All right. Now I'm going to go look it up again online and see if we can find a picture of her in it. Yeah. Buffy, Prophecy Girl, white dress. Well, I sure am remembering where you where you're saying the sort of waistline is high. Mm-hmm. So I do remember that. Mm-hmm. I guess I just thought there wasn't that much material. It wasn't like there were pleats or billowy. Mm-hmm. I didn't think there was a bunch of extra material, but I think it's quite chiffony. Okay, so okay. it would be in flowy. I think I think she could have fight. She could have fight. She could have fought quite easily in it. Okay, I'm glad to hear it. So the master gets skewered. (laughs) (laughs) On the very convenient large piece of spiky wood. Wooden stake sticking out of the ground. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Cordelia is becoming a regular part of the team. I love it. Yeah. Tori's like, that's over after this episode. (laughs) (laughs) I know nothing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Sure you don't. Sure you don't. <laughs> Did you catch the kind of recurring little joke about Buffy's dress? I love your dress. No. Willow no, says I it. The master says it. Angel starts to say it. And she's like, yeah, yeah. It's a big <laughs> hit with everyone. <laughs> so much so I decided mm-hmm. to wear it to attack the master. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it, it felt like she was like, well, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die looking good and why not it would not be my first choice i'd be like looking bad or die looking good no that i would want to be comfortable (laughs) (laughs) because comfort is important (laughs) in case some of the death was lingering you know Mm -hmm. at least i'd be comfortable while i was dying (laughs) anyway Oh, golly. I already mentioned the mastered skeleton remained. Mm -hmm. And then it's time to party at the bronze. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, hey, we're now done with season one. I say we party. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) We did it. We made it through season one. Thanks, all of you, for joining us on our journey through season one. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Computer teacher extraordinaire Miss Calendar returns questioning Giles about what is going on after she pieces it together that the plot the apocalypse I'm sorry <laughs> I don't even know well, that word is going oh, I'm going to start over <laughs> computer teacher extraordinaire Miss Calendar returns questioning Giles about what is going on after she pieces it together that the apocalypse is near Giles asks her to contact brother Luca who evidently was sending out worldwide bulletins about the apocalypse. We soon find out from Guile. Starting over. (laughs) All right. Tori, wake up. Get it together. Computer teacher extraordinaire Miss Calendar returns, 
questioning Giles about what is going on after she pieces it together that the apocalypse is near. Giles asks her to contact Brother Luca, who evidently was sending out worldwide bulletins about the appending apocalypse. We soon find out from Giles. Jack <laughs> <laughs> <Sex> spot. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> Buffo, Marsha. <laughs> Get them all out. Get them all out. Good Lord. Okay. Following in the Shallows is created and produced by the both of us. Edited by Mo. The soundtrack for The Wallowing in the Shallows, Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 1 Rewatch, is Apache Rock Instrumental by Sound Atelier, available on gemendo.com. You can send us feedback at witstvpod at gmail.com. That's W-I-T-S-T-V-P-O-D at gmail.com. Subscribe. And then subscribe. Subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. Like and subscribe.